Greetings everybody, I'm Jeremiah. That's him. She's Vanya. That's me. Welcome to another episode of the Beard and Curls podcast, where culture and creativity meets consciousness. And if you're new here, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite platform for the latest, most exciting conversations anywhere. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Cue that intro. What's up guys, it's your girl Margo Bingham. Karen Parsons. You're now tuned in. You're now tuned in. You're now tuned in. You are now tuned in. You are now tuned in. To Beard and Curls. 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 Keep it locked. Today's guest is a student from London who's currently attending Duke University. You may know her best from a photo of her holding a sign that read, Why is ending racism a debate from the London protest that just went viral? Ever since then, she's been using her platform to bring attention to the movement. You know her, you love her. Darcy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you on. So let's jump right into it. So what's the story behind that iconic post of you holding a sign that says, why is ending racism a debate? What's the story behind that? Yeah, so I guess I'll go back to the day um, when I saw the video of George Floyd's death. And I remember sitting there and I was like, overwhelmed with emotions you know with anger like I was upset everything and I just knew I wanted to be a part of something to help because I felt so strongly about it um, and when I heard the protests were coming to London straight away I asked my parents because obviously there was a risk of corona but we decided it was it was worth the risk of going because it was something that I felt like I needed to support um, so anyway yeah I was up at the protest in London and the photographer Miss Anne Harriman I didn't know him at the time Everyone was taking photos of everyone, so I was like, yeah, it's fine if you take a photo of me. Didn't think anything of it. Um, and then two days later, my friend messages me like, hey, that photo has been published by the editor of Vogue. Um, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then from there, I guess it kind of, all the celebrities saw it, and then it all went all the way up to Martin Luther King III posting it. And yeah, I mean, at that point, I realized the impact of the scale of that photo had you know, been on. <laughs> Wow. So tell me a little bit more about the photo itself. Like, so how did you come up with that concept of writing that particular message on the sign? Yeah, I mean, it was quite a funny story, actually, because I had initially a Martin Luther King quote. And then I remember the night before I ran down at like 2 a.m. So I decided it wasn't good enough. Uh, I painted over it all in white in the morning. The sign was still wet. <laughs> um, but I saw something on Instagram which made me stop and think about like why racism is a debate because most people don't consider themselves racist. So I just thought I'd put a question, put it like straight up. And yeah, so I put that on and I think that's what captured Miss Anne's eye was the, the sign. Um, and also in the photo, you've got the man behind who's sticking his fist out. Like it's things like that you couldn't plan. Um, so I think it was, I know there's a lot of unplanned emotion in that photo. How long did it take you to actually put it all together, to write it out and everything like that? Oh, I had about five minutes to do it because I had to get my train. Like, the paint was still wet on the train. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm wearing um, – I met a guy on the train who was going to the protest. He gave me that mask. Like, it was all – there were so many coincidences. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. it's, a very, it's a very simple yet powerful message. Mm -hmm. um, so why do you think it touched so many people? I think – the message itself, as you said, it's so simple and makes people just stop and think. And they ask themselves the question, like, why is ending racism a debate? And as I mentioned, most people don't consider themselves racist, but racism still occurs all over the world in 2020. So I think the question makes people think more deeply about why it's still happening. And 
how we can, you know, get rid of racism. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. Now, you mentioned earlier Martin Luther King III, you know, reposted it. A lot of other celebrities uh, retweeted it, reposted it. I think we even had it on our page at one point mm -hmm. uh, before we even, you know, knew we were going to have you on. What does that mean to you to see such an overwhelming positive response to, to this sign, to this image? Yeah, I mean, when I went to the protest, I wasn't expecting to have a big impact. I wanted to do everything I could, but I didn't expect much to come out of it. And then when the photo started going viral, and I had people messaging me from every continent and like hundreds of messages a day and then celebrities posting it, I realized that I'd been given the opportunity to have a platform that I could use to help make change. Um, and there were some really inspirational conversations that I had with people about it. And then there were also messages from strangers reaching out to me and asking me questions and saying, look, I didn't realize I was been racist in the past. And now I've seen your sign, I'm gonna make a conscious effort. And it was stuff like that that really touched me. And it was just so, so nice to see that people all around the world, no matter their skin color, their age, are making an effort like to unite and fight against racism. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. powerful. And what was your family's reaction? Yeah, I think the same as me, they were just shocked. I remember, um, I think it was Bella Hadid posted it and my mom was just like, what's going on? And then from there, the next 48 hours were crazy. Um, like we were just overwhelmed. And after that, I think the pride kicked in because they realized about the impact I was having. So I was like doing interviews every day and reaching out to people and everything. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, so my dad's black and my mom's white and my dad's family were incredibly proud because obviously they've been fighting this for so long. They like, they feel it inside. Um, and I think the fact that I was using my voice to step up and speak up, they were just really proud, I guess. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So how has your life changed for the most part since that picture was posted? Yeah, I, I, my life has changed in a lot of ways since that photo. I think, first of all, just my activism generally. Um, before that was the first protest I've been to. So I've been quite young. I'm at school. So, you know, it's not something I felt necessary to be involved in. And now I, I felt so strongly about it. I got involved and I'm continuing every day to try and do what I can. And I think before I was worried about speaking up and people judging me, but now I've almost got this obligation to say what needs to be said. And I think it's changed my mindset a lot in the world and in terms of looking around and seeing the reality of life and trying to actively make a change. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome, that's awesome. So then obviously you talked about your dad, you know, being black, right? And you say mm -hmm. your mom being white and then you grew up in London. So how is it out there as far as like racism? Yeah, I think racism is very different in the UK and I didn't realize until I actually got here in America. But in the UK, it's less over, it's not, you don't see as many like police brutalities that we identify as like the American racism, I guess. Um, it's just more the systemic racism that holds black people back in life. And whether that's just from a lack of education or opportunity or little discriminations that add up and just, you know, they take a toll on someone. Um, and my dad, during this time, he's taken the time to speak to me about his experiences because as a black man in London, it's very different to a mixed race girl. Um, and it's like difficulty with jobs or getting fined for the same thing that a white woman doesn't get fined for. Um, and I think it's just a lot of people in England, they don't think there's any racism because they're not seeing people, black people getting shot. 
but it goes a lot deeper than that and it's just it's the system that it's built on and when i've got here i've realized that there is always it's in your face the racism here and there's a fear in people's eyes and that was so saddening to see like i went to um a process at duke on one of my first weeks here and one of the guys in the basketball team spoke about how every time he leaves the house his mom isn't sure whether that would be like the last time she's spoken to him and that's something i am privileged enough to not have to experience but it was heartbreaking to you know watch those emotions wow. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so how was your experience as a mixed girl compared to your dad's experience in london mm-hmm. i think um i grew up in a pretty white area so i don't know that probably affected me i didn't have as much racism but i would the only racism I experienced were little like microaggressions and comments that I learned to push aside that probably in hindsight I shouldn't have accepted as normal, but I did. Whereas my dad has been like openly discriminated against. Like I use a fining example or like not being able to get a taxi seven times in a row and then stopping for white people further down the road. Um, but I think one thing I've noticed with this movement, like getting bigger as people are feeling that they have to justify themselves for like this racist act being worse than other but in reality like any racist act is just wrong you know Mm -hmm. when did your love for activism develop like when did you realize like okay i gotta do something or i gotta do more if i'm being completely honest i wasn't that active until this year um i saw the video and it had sparked an emotion in me that i hadn't felt ever before I never felt so strongly about something and I really, really wanted to get involved. And then I wasn't sure how long it would continue, but now like, I I can't see myself losing this passion. Um, and like every day I'm just wanting to do something and it's been great that I've got the opportunity to do it. And also now I can like reach people in America and England, which is very, um, it's great. And it's interesting to see the difference as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And what, what are the things that you do now? Like you say, like you're involved um often like um yeah so like how does your day look like yeah i mean it varies i would say in june after the post went viral i was doing like two or three interviews a day like for newspapers or radios or you know podcasts anything um and that you know that helps but it doesn't there isn't that much direct change and i think a big part of it is education because as i said a lot of people in england at least are unaware of racism so i've been educating my friends and it's having those difficult conversations is really important i think and i've been using my platform to you know spread facts so people can see it because it's easy not to see it um and also now i think it's it's quite difficult to try and find something where you can actively make a difference so i know here at duke we've had conversations as a team um with a field hockey team about what we can actively do and for example we're looking to target some local charities to help out those minorities and i think helping out local businesses and charities and just giving what you can if you're in that if you're in that position of privilege is really really important and so i wanted to kind of go back to something else that we talked about so like we talked about uh growing up in england and you know the different experiences and things like that so obviously it's a little bit different you know in england than it is in america so Are there still protests going on right now in England? Yeah, uh, there are some that go on. I think there are weekly ones that go on and people just get together. Some people give speeches or they'll just sing together, you know, just like 
come together. And I know um, a couple of weekends ago, it was Notting Hill Carnival. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, it's like the carnival that happens in the Caribbean. Um, and they bring it to London every year. And this year they used it as a chance to be, like, to be the biggest protest of the year. Uh, I mean, I was it was a shame I couldn't go, but it was so good to see how many people were there. Um, and I know that people are still hungry. And like the shooting of Jacob Blake, for example, you know, the reaction to that was huge as well. Um, and I think people say like, it's a, it's a movement, not a movement, and it's gotta be like, we need the endurance to keep going until something actually happens. And what are the things that you're trying to accomplish in England with the protests? Are there specific things? I think there are lots of different reasons. So initially a lot of it was for justice in America, just, you know, mm -hmm. to spread the word. And then it's also for changes to happen like in the systems because it's got to happen top down sometimes because I think if there's a lack of representation in the government then a lot of lack of laws get put in place to help people and if you're in those positions where you don't have the opportunities it's always impossible to get out and I think people are looking for like help from the government a lot of it and also just fighting back on the little things that have not necessarily little things just the things that have happened in the past and seeking for justice and that what are some of the debates that you've personally heard from others as far as this conversation about racism? Yeah, I mean, I've had all sorts of like comments on my photo and it, I don't understand people's points of view, but they can say like <laughs> racism will end when black people stop hating white people or when black people black people deserve to get shot because they're more violent. But like if you look, it's, it's just wrong in so many ways. And I don't understand how people can think like that, but the only way you can do it is by taking people and literally just you know, give them the time of day so that you can speak to them and try and get through to someone else. And I, yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't understand personally. Obviously I don't think it should be a debate. Do you find yourself engaging in, in like back and forth conversation with some of the people who comment? Uh, I try not to antagonize um, myself too much with that, but Sometimes people will get into arguments on my post, but like, and I'm just like reading all the comments and seeing it happen. But it was more at home with like my white friends and family and who weren't for the protest. Because people are unaware of the racism, they don't feel the need to protest. They think it's unnecessary. And I think that was one of the biggest arguments I had. Some people don't understand, so it's opening their eyes and then they can understand your point of view. And so obviously, um... You're a field hockey player, which is predominantly a white sport. What has your experiences been like, you know, as a field hockey player? Yeah, I think um, I've been lucky that I haven't personally experienced any racism in hockey. Um, I know others have, but that's my personal experience. And I think being in a predominantly white sport, when you're starting at a young age, you, you know, you look for role models who look like yourself. And I didn't have that in hockey. And I think that could discourage a lot of younger kids, which is a shame. Um, they don't have the opportunity or the access or whatever it is to play the sport. Um, and I think there is just a lack of representation of black athletes and black like board members in like governing bodies. And it's good to see now that the black athletes are stepping up, but I think there needs to be more. Kids need role models, and we don't have that in hockey for black black kids starting sport as you said it's a very white sport so lots of my um all my teammates basically are white but they've stepped up and they've asked me questions and they're helping and they're supporting and it is really nice to see 
some of the ladies in my team back home who I look up to who like have got Olympic gold medals they have asked they've you know they've stepped down and asked me and they're opening their eyes and seeing what they can do to help have you had any like little kids little girls mixed or black reach out to you and tell you just what an inspiration you've been to them mm -hmm. I've had um, ones that play hockey and just sports just I've had loads of people reach out and it's really touching and like one girl she's asked me to she interviewed me for a project that she wants to do at school about racism and sport and it's really nice to see that and I think as I was saying about role models it does make a difference and like at my club for example above me there were no black um, female hockey players whereas below me there are five ten maybe and I'm not saying that's directly as me but it makes a difference and think people could realize how big one person's impact can be. Have you experienced any racism since you moved to, to the US? Um, I think I haven't experienced anything, but I think the fact that I'm in a closed university at this time, um, obviously there's limited social interactions anyway with Corona, um, but I think everyone's quite aware of the situation at this at Duke, but I think it's very different to what the real world is in America. And I remember um, before I came out here, I was getting my hair done and this white lady, I was speaking to her, she's from America, and she um, she told me that I should get a pocket pistol to protect myself because I'm going to America, because I'm black. And that was it, just because of the color of my skin. And that, I mean, that sucked to hear, you know? Um, Did she say why? Why you should get a pocket pistol? She said, I need to protect myself because there'll be people that hate on me or, um, yeah, they would take advantage of me because of the color of my skin or whatever it may be. And I think also the difference here um, between the police, the way the media's portrayed it and what we've seen, like, I am afraid of the police here, like, automatically, which is so wrong because they're the people who are there to protect us, whereas at home I'm not. Um, and I think that's sad because obviously not all policemen are going around shooting, hurting, abusing black people. But there's obviously a problem in the system if that's how I feel. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you've, just, you've only been here for like a month. Yeah, and it's only campus police, like, <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. oh, so mm -hmm. I want to kind of go back to the protest. So you've actually been on the ground um, mm -hmm. protesting. So what have you experienced or witnessed firsthand uh, protesting on the ground? Yeah, I just... The first protest I went to, um, the one the photo was taking, it was just such an overwhelming experience. Like it was so powerful in so many ways. Everyone was there united, like all ages, all races, just there fighting for the same thing, fighting for equality. And I just remember there was one point I was on top of like this platform and it kind of went silent and I put my fist up and someone looked at me and they did it. And then the whole crowd down like that, like hundreds of people just stopped in silence and did it. And it's just that unity was incredible to see how many people actually care. And I've been to others, I said that people singing and it's just, you know, it was good vibes that everyone was happy and you're celebrating like black people. Um, and <laughs> I don't know, it, it's hard to put into words how it felt. And then the one I had over here was chilling, seeing the emotions here. Um, and the reality of the situation, the gravity of it here. Wow. Mm -hmm. reason I ask is because there's a lot of misinformation or disinformation around what's truly happening. A lot of times people link yeah. protesting to rioting and looting and mm -hmm. things like that. Can yeah. you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it, it, 
it's such a shame that the media focuses on the moments where there are violence because the majority of it isn't. I saw a stat the other day, I think it was like 97% of the protests have been completely peaceful and people focus on the little things. And you know what, I think we have a right to be angry. I'm not saying they, the protest should be peaceful, obviously, but people are angry. And I, it's just such a shame that the media focuses on it. Like I remember I was on um, the radio and one of the presenters kept asking me about the violence. Like there was one night in London where a policewoman got hurt because they, they said, the media said that someone threw something at the horse. But if you look at the video from a different angle, she actually just rode into like a traffic light. And they focus on that one thing when there's been hours and hundreds and thousands of people across the whole of London being completely peaceful. And it just distracts from the whole point of the movement, which is a shame. You feel like the things that you guys are protesting about, do you feel like there's a difference, something is happening and that maybe at some point you guys will be hurt? Yeah, I think the world hurt us this year. I think as awful it was, the timing of George Floyd's death was critical in the movement because everyone was at home um, because of coronavirus. They People were bored and they had to listen. They, everyone was on their phones, everyone saw it. You couldn't deny the facts. And I think the scale that the protests were on, I mean, they were in every continent and everyone was fighting for the same thing. I don't think anyone was not heard but it needs to keep going. It can't just be a trend, it can't just be a moment. And I think people need to keep, make sure they're, they're spreading spreading the right words. They're not just filling the space. And so it seems like you guys, your generation, Generation Z mm -hmm. is out front, you know, leading the way. Uh, what do you think it is about your generation that's got you guys out in the forefront? I think as a generation, we're more um, accepting of differences in people, whether that's with your your gender, your sexuality, your skin color, like it's normalized to be different. And so me and most of my, all my friends don't understand how you could judge someone and treat them unfairly based on a characteristic that you're born with. And I think that's the difference. Whereas in the past it was not accepted and we have this mindset and people say that we're always on our phones, but it also means that we're always we can always educate ourselves. We see the news. If someone shares something, everyone sees it. And we can share something so easily and get involved so easily just from being at home. And I think that makes a huge difference. It's what we're going to live to. So it's almost, it's our responsibility for our own futures. Mm -hmm. So you said like, you guys understand and accept. It's one thing to understand, but it's another thing to really, to really take action. Do you experience any fear? Yeah, of course you experience fear like you're putting yourself out there and I think for any of this you have to put yourself in a vulnerable situation position like to make some change and I think that does take a lot of courage and I have loads of respect for the people who do it and I still every day if I'm posting I'm talking about something I still like a part of me hesitates but I know that it's the right thing to do so I'm going with my gut and I know in my heart that I'm doing the right thing but I think so I think a lot of people our age carry the same mentality, but of course it takes a bit of courage to step out your, your comfort zone. And, mm -hmm. You know, it's uncomfortable. So then let me ask you this though. So like to what she was saying, like obviously there's a risk involved and maybe even potential consequences. Like, is that ever part of your thought process? Like what could this mean for me long-term? Uh, like maybe looking back, after I graduate, will I be able to get a job? There's obviously things that hold you back and there's the peer pressure and you're worried that people might make fun of you. And like, 
I think everyone has the right to speak up and they've got to accept that once you do it, you, you're there, like it's fine, you're exposed, but you know you're doing it for the right cause. Um, like the first few times I posted, I was really worried that a few people at my school would judge me. And after that, I was like, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, like it's so unimportant. Mm. So then what message do you have for someone who may want to be more involved, more active, but is hesitant because of some of these concerns that we kind of talked about? What would you say to them? I would say if you have an opinion and you have the privilege and it's your obligation to raise your voice, you have that power, you should use it. And I think you need to use that power like to be better, to help others, to educate people and with that power becomes responsibility. And I think everyone has their individual power, no matter how small, whether you reach one people, whether you reach a thousand people, each little difference makes a difference. I think you've got to remember that when you're scared to speak because of some hate you might get, because for the greater good, you have that responsibility to help those who don't have the power to help themselves. All right, well, definitely appreciate you being willing to come on and share everything that you did. So what do you have coming up personally? What can we be on the lookout for? Well, there are a few filming documentaries that are coming out. and I, I can't speak about them directly now, but they'll be out within the next few months, I'm sure. And also, as I said, um, us at Duke Field Hockey, we're looking to help out some of the local charities and also on a wider scale. Um, we're trying to figure out at the moment how we can do that within corona restrictions. Um, but I think I'm, I'm going to stay active from America, online, everything. Um, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I can do. And where can someone find you online? Um, so I've got Instagram and my account is Darcy.born, um, spelled like my name. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I also am on Twitter because um, that's where Martin Luther King posted it, King III, sorry. Um, and that's Darcy Bourne, I think is my account name. So any of those, and if people want to reach out, um, DM me, message me, I'll reply to anyone, have a conversation, anything you want. Okay. Wow. Thank well, you. Darcy, thank you so much for everything you shared with us. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Well, there you have it, folks. That's our show for today. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, like it or not, Beard and, and Curls is the new his and hers. hers.